Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast. My name is Keith McGinty and I am your host. We are an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. And this week we are going to be looking at all of the divisions um, in the NFL as we prepare for the new season starting. The, I've assembled some of the finest crew members with me tonight to talk over the AFC North. First up, we've got Brian. Brian, how are we? Very well, Keith. Looking forward to chatting Browns. Fantastic. Liam, you are going to be talking the Baltimore Ravens. Evening, yeah, it's been interesting looking at another team, so it's been good fun. Um, Stu, you're going to be talking about your beloved Bengals. Hoodie! And Craig, you have drawn the short straw indeed, and you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers to, to lament over. I do, I've got a team terrible towel. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, looking forward to this, this is this, the first of our series where we're going to be looking at each of the divisions. The crew have all got their own team that they're going to be able to talk up. They've also got a secondary team where, uh, from a different division that they'll be able to look at. And the aim of this is just to give you a comprehensive um, look at the the league season coming, give you a wee idea of what the teams have been doing in off-season, maybe changes to their coaching structure, the players that they may have got in, how they drafted, and give you a wee idea, whet the appetite for the season, which is just over a month away. So, without further ado, we are going to get right into it, and we're going to start with Liam and the fantastic... Baltimore Ravens. Liam, um, start us off then. How have the Ravens been in the off-season then? Well, I suppose the biggest biggest news probably started, they drafted before they drafted in some ways, when they, they signed their, re-signed their quarterback, uh, Lamar Jackson, finally, after, I don't know, seems like, even though it seems ages ago now, it seems like all off-season, that was the chat. Yes. Mm. Oh, I, for all the other teams in the North when I boo that statement. <laughs> <laughs> So he didn't get quite the full guaranteed money he was after, but I think he did not bad representing himself in the end. So what is it? I think he's what, 260 million five-year contract, 135 million, I think fully guaranteed up to 185 or something like that. I can never understand these contracts now. It's like it's guaranteed, but then it's guaranteed again. I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, someone will make sense of it somewhere. So um, just a, a yeah, few pennies, the, pennies on the locker. In the run-up to the the draft, everything seemed to have been done in in good nature. There wasn't much. Um, had been released by either side, um, bad mouthing the the player or bad mouthing the, yeah, the organisation yeah. about. It seemed to have been done in good faith, and everybody was a wee bit relaxed. But um, the run up to um, draft week, that was a big news. I remember when it dropped, it was massive news that it, the deal had actually came through. Um, a kind of an early win for the yeah, for the Ravens then. No, definitely. Like I suppose it's I suppose maybe it's. Because he didn't have an agent, maybe it was a, a wee bit quieter. There was odd, odd rumblings every so often, kind of, you know, kind of saying what he was worth or some Twitter thing somehow leaked a wee bit, but nothing like this was a an agent would do to ten. Come on, that's not, so. like, that's not strictly fair. He did have an agent. It was his mum. <laughs> well, true, true. <laughs> and who's going to argue against him? Against your mum? Liam, Liam, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to uh, jump the, the gun on your news for the second part of this show later on but um, I would say it wasn't quite as uh, acrimonious as the Rogers trade 
discussions. Oh, it, was, it was all fine. There was no, there's no problems there. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> no, I, and I would agree, though. I think the Lamar thing, as much as there was the odd thing in social media, it wasn't anywhere near what we see with basically any other player that seems to be trying to negotiate with yeah. a team. Uh, a lot of the times you just see the, the threats coming from either side, like, you know, they're trying to hammer each other down. One guy going, oh, we can only offer 100 million. And then, you know, you might have the other end of the scale saying, I want 300 million for one year. So, well, guys, that's not going to work. That's over the cap. <laughs> not, not if you're running back, though. You can't get that if you're running back, though. So, yeah. <laughs> you're lucky to get two, two pennies to together if you're running back. <laughs> so, Lamar was staying. Um, was there any other uh, big major re-signings for the team? Well, the other, the other, was, the other big signing was Odell Beckham, um, which kind of reset. Well, I don't know. Actually, now what Hopkins got in the end when he eventually signed to the Titans. But um, what was it? He got, uh, Beckham got about 80 million one year deal, I think it was, in the end, or up to 80 million. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how a season off has done for him. How I don't know how you hear every so often there's odds of a player having a year out and returning to the former, former levels is slightly longer longer shot sort of thing so it'll be interesting to see but they needed some some uh some help on the wide receiver after, uh, with bateman um last season being injured again and he's i think he's already injured this off season as far as far as i'm yep. like to believe um so it'll be interesting to see they also picked up the the old eagles wide receiver and a uh, pats player uh, aguilar as well so another depth depth piece there so they've um done right in the wide receiver and I suppose touching on that going into the draft after Lamar, they also picked up Zay Flower picked up Zay Flowers in the first round, which from all, from what I've heard is is quite a good wide receiver in, in the making. I was gutted. I really I really liked the look of Flowers and I really wanted them to go to a team with a better passing game than the Ravens. <laughs> just so we could maybe see the most. But then again, yeah, I suppose though they've got all these wide receivers now, but it's really just Andrews, isn't it, really? So we'll see what happens. So uh <laughs> Well, Liam, the, the other thing on that was a flowers. Like again, Brian, I agree with you. I, I really liked flowers as a prospect in the draft, like as being one of the more, you know, and I had a wide receiver light draft class. Oh, he was one of the guys I had near the top of my list. Um, but the one thing I would say with Zay Flowers is he's light and quick, but he's smaller. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, Lamar has not done well with smaller wide receivers, which is why he's no. kind of in the past leaned on guys like Andrews, obviously, at tight end. And then Hollywood Brown a bit, so I could see if Odell can, if OBJ can stay healthy, he's going to be the guy that's kind of, you know, along him and Andrews are kind of that like get your first down when you really need to get your first down target. But yeah. the thing with Flowers is maybe it does finally give them that deep ball weapon that uh, that Lamar's always kind of been lacking. So we'll see if it's through him that maybe doesn't do well targeting smaller guys, or whether it's just a case of they never had the right small guy before. Yeah, well, I suppose that kind of touches on. I was going to come on to uh, the other kind of big thing that happened to the Ravens was the, the coaching change um, when uh, Greg Ro- replaced Greg Roman with Todd Munkins from uh, the Bulldogs, as far as from from college football. Which, mm-hmm. again, apparently, it's going to be a, a faster-paced offense, a lot more. I think passing plays, maybe passing to passing to RBs for once in a while, maybe which Ravens at last we well have never haven't really done. So it'll be interesting to see if they're depth of passes kind of drops a wee bit to, as you say maybe and that's maybe why they, they went for flowers in the end to kind of bring that into their game a bit more make it a bit more varied a bit more yeah so, one dimensional said, to some degree there's, there's only so said, much that Lamar can pass himself isn't there <laughs> <laughs> does he have <laughs> he Mario's does he have Mario's level of skill and talent 
<laughs> uh, Todd Munkins came in. This uh, that's a change in the offensive coordinator. Um, they still got Mike McDonald and uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, special teams is still Chris Horton. Anthony Weaver is there for your assistant head coach. And John Harbour is just about to start his 16th season in charge of the Ravens. Um, nice. It's ridiculous that it's still something I can't get my head around from what the football that we follow here, how the longevity of the coaches and how mediocre seasons can be tolerated with the the, the hope and the, that they're building towards something. But I suppose the stability that it comes from and the changes that you can get in your coordinators, that how much that can make a difference to, to teams. Um, how do you think Hardball's been, been doing so far, Liam? Do you think he's, he's setting the team up for a, another winning season? I think I think Harbour's up. They all seem to be in the mix, don't they? They never seem to be far away. And again, I think off season, I, I think they're going to be there thereabouts again. I think they'll be kind of pushing. I think I'd be surprised if they don't end up in the playoffs. I think um, what they go, I think they went ten and seven last year. So mm-hmm. I, I think they'll be there thereabouts again. I think with yeah, as you, as you say, he's just again a, a steady figure. For the team, I suppose that's what yeah. what the good teams are. They've got a they've got a good organization, you know, a good steady presence, someone there to kind of keep the keep the ship uh, in in the right line, sort of thing. So, oh yeah, definitely. I can't. It's obviously the the FC North is a bit more competitive maybe than the last few years and what it had been when the Ravens kind of when Lamar first came in, I suppose, uh, for the, for the Ravens. So, but I think they'll still be kind of. I don't know if they'll quite top it. We'll come on to that later, I'm sure. But they'll be mm-hmm. there, thereabouts, definitely, definitely in the playoff mix. Any other significant signings um, made in off season? Any free agents or you that you think could make a, a bit of a difference? Well, I suppose there's one. Well, may may not be a depth piece, which, depth piece which I forgot about until till today. Um, was Melvin Gordon signed for them? Which will yeah, be Melv. <laughs> I like <laughs> Melv. He saved the back end of my fantasy season like three, four <laughs> years ago or something. It was great. Because <laughs> I suppose that's other news that kind of over camp is uh, the J.K. Dobbins kind of pup list hold, it, hold, mm-hmm. hold in or whatever it's called these days or is he injured, still injured from, from last season? I, I know Harbour, Harbour came, came out and he said it was like a J.K. thing or something like that. Maybe not exact quote, but it was a bit... Yeah. A bit what, what I read earlier was I think he... Um, it was a... He's cleared for the yeah the wrist issue that's cleared now and now I think it's just a shoulder issue that's holding him up. But do you think he'll still be ready for the start of the season? And there's no signs he's not. So it yeah. seems like the pop list thing is almost like a. It sounds like they're playing it as a this is just a paper transaction thing for roster purposes. Like because if they can yeah. keep him on the pop, it deals with when you're trying to cut down your your yeah. fifty three man and all yeah. that. Yeah, I understand it. Um, I would say you're right, like Melvin Gordon coming in though, that is maybe a bit of a tell in terms of do they trust that he's fully ready to go? Because you know, they obviously have Gus Edwards sitting there as well and Gus is showing that he can the Gus boss who who I really like too, and I think he's a, a definite like a really good kind of maybe not an R B one, but like that R B two that you can have in your squad that you can throw in there and just have yeah. him like, pound the ball, especially like in the short yardage situations. So by bringing in Melvin Gordon, they're trying to maybe cover their bets kind of thing as well. And I suppose also I was kind of thinking you could look at it both ways though with the, the free, free agents out there. They, they went Melvin Gordon they could have picked up Cooks they could have picked up Elliot so maybe yeah. maybe it is a, you could view it the other way is it a saying they actually know Dobbins is going to be fine and just a bit of depth there just to 
just in case. As, just in case. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking throughout the season, there's always that. Yeah. Who did, who did they grab in the draft? Um, did they dra- grab any running backs? I don't know if they, I can't remember. No, no, they didn't grab any no. running backs. No, they picked up the other one, I suppose, I'm not as, I think, in the third round, was it Trent, Trent Simpson, if I'm not speaking as a court, um, a linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. I think Patrick, Patrick Queen's on a contract season, I think. Oh, that's the kind of chat is. Maybe that's is the replacement already there, sort of thing. So we'll see. Yeah, Queen's going to get paid by somebody. Somebody's going to pay him. Might not be bald, but someone will pay him. So we'll see how he develops. Looking at the schedule, then, any any games that really stand out to you, then, that you're looking forward to the, the Ravens playing? I see the, the first uh, divisional matchup that they've got is week five against the um, away to the, the Bengals. I thought it, I think it's week two. Week, week two. two. Week two. Week two. Yeah. Week two. Oh, I'm not getting wrong schedule here. Week two. It's not five. It's yeah. week two of the regular season because I, I have that in my list of key Bengals games. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. To be fair, they've got quite a hard start. They've got quite a lot of um, away away divisional games. I think week two. So week two, the Bengals. Week four is the Browns, and week five is the Steelers. Um, yeah. And then week six is meant to be a home game, but it's in London with the Titans. So ah. um, they've actually got like uh, two home games really in the first six or so. Um, so that, that's actually one, like an interesting start. You know, that could be a, a dampener to the start of the season, depending on how their, their away games go. So ah, it could be um, an uphill climb for them if they don't get some decent results early on. Like say four four games essentially on the road. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. gonna be pretty tough for any team. Yeah. Um, and I suppose. Well, Sorry, sorry, Keith. No, you go away. I was just going to say the other one, which is, I always find fun because it's NFL, is Christmas Day games. They get to play the Niners. Um, so um, mm. it'll, be a, it'll, be, it'll be a good watch for this evening. Yeah. <laughs> defense against defense. Very nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Lamar. McCarthy. Lamar versus McCarthy. Uh, uh, McCafferty, who's going to get the most yards in that? The only thing I'm going to ask, and I'm going to ask all you guys that this one as well, who's going to crush it this season? Who's going to be this the standout uh, player? Do you think it doesn't have to be an obvious one? Who do you think maybe be a an up and coming player? Maybe a wee like, silent sleeper type one that you think is going to absolutely crush it this season? I feel I'm going to have to go obvious here. Though, though, honorable, men- honorable, mention, honorable mention to Dobbins just because he's in my fantasy team, so he's going to do well. So it's fine. <laughs> um, um, but it's got to be Lamar. You know, come coming back from last season with a kind of injury inverted commas, shall we say? Yes. Who knows that? Yeah. If, if it was actually injury. contract so, injury. <laughs> contract <laughs> injury. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I think can he get back to the MVP level that he previously was? It'd be, he's always always fun to watch. So yeah. Lamar's, Lamar's my pick. Superb, superb. Anything else that you think we should cover for the Ravens and Gems? Uh, shout, shout out to Tucker. <laughs> Just a boo from Brian. Shout out to Tucker, like uh, one of the Mr. Automatic and all that. Yeah. He's a Bengals fan and I can appreciate a bit of Tucker because uh, Tucker, he's ruined our day so many times since he's been back. <laughs> so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you all heard it here first. Stu likes a kicker. That's it. I feel that should be we should all take a drink at that point. Um, we'll move on. We'll move on to to your fantastic Cincinnati Bengals. Then I'll let you let you um, kick us off. Then with uh, anything significant, as I said to to Lee earlier, what's really happened um, during the off season for your guys? 
Oh, loads of stuff has happened. Um, well, loads of things. What are the what's the biggest items? Um, obviously, right now everybody's worried about Joe Burrow's calf strain, uh, which I think is relatively minor. Um, the, the biggest problem with it is that yet again he's missing a preseason, so he's not able to. He's not on the field, so that would impact things like chemistry with new players coming in, which we'll get to in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of the Joe Burrow potential injury, that's probably a big nothing burger. Um, I would say the biggest thing for me was the fact the Bengals did a very un-Bengals-like thing. We renegotiated a contract with someone for the first yeah. time in 10,000 years. So we renegotiated a contract with Joe Mixon, um, which, to be honest, I think it works out well for both sides. Because obviously in the current climate that we have with running backs... They are, as we discussed in previous shows, they're not really getting paid at all. Mixon already had a kind of fairly decent contract. And what's happened now is he's guaranteed an extra year. Um, and he's taken slightly less money overall, but he has more guaranteed than he did in the first place. The benefit for the Bengals is it cuts down the amount of cash that we're paying out against the cap this year, which in turn will lead to the contract negotiations that we're having right now, trying to sort out with. Mr. Calf Strain, Joe Burrow, and then also T. Higgins. So it's, there's a lot of moving parts contract-wise going on. And uh, I have to say, it's a pleasant surprise to uh, for me as a Bengals fan to be in that situation again where we're worried about retaining high-end you know, high end players rather than going, oh, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel and we don't really have anyone good right now. because Andy you know, Dalton renegotiates again. <laughs> But yeah, so that, that that's kind of the, the main drama this summer has been contract, contract, contract. I'll put it down to that. And then more recently, borrow injury. Uh, Zach Taylor's going into his 10th season as the, the head coach there. Do you think this is really a calf injury that uh, Burrow's got? Or does it get a bit of the, the Lamars about him there? No, this is a. I, th- I think he is genuinely injured, mainly because yeah. for the last couple of days, he's not been on the field. All he's still like appearing, watching bits, and then he's in the video room, so he's still in the mm-hmm. facility all the time. Um, he's just not, I think he's yeah, because there was no, I don't think there was any point in time where he would not play under this contract because I mean, he still has like two years, or I think we could extend him out for three years in theory, but he still has another year of his rookie deal, and then you can do the thing where you tag him for two years, which is not going to happen. Joe Burrow's going to get his contract. Um, And going back to what we were talking about earlier with Lamar and Liam's chat, I would say the Joe Burrow negotiations have been even more out of the press than any other ones with both sides. Like Whenever they're asked about it, they've both kept it really cool and really professional and just said that, look, this is something for, you know, in the boardroom and for our agents to talk about. We are just getting on with business. We both want to come to an agreement and everything's going fine. And you're hearing that from both sides. So that to me says things are going well. Um, and that, again, would reflect on, if you look at the last few years, like say Jesse Bates, he wanted a new deal. And he no longer has a deal. He's left. Um, so he's gone. But if you look at what happened with him the last two years, there was the whole, he held himself out of training last year. And to be fair to him, he came and he played the full season and he got he got paid now. And that's worked out, so it's good for him. But going by the Bengals' past history and how they negotiate contracts, I think the Joe Burrow situation is not a um, Lamar potential. I have a problem with my fingers for signing injury. Yeah, it maybe happened last yeah. year. So no issues there. 
I'm not worried. Yeah, quite a few players. <laughs> quite a few players have left. Um, the team this the summer we had the uh, Naji Perrin. Um, I was a big fan of them last year. Um, put my head in mix in at one point in my fantasy team. Uh, he has left to join the Denver Broncos, and I don't know if you're ready to to fully discuss this in public. Eli Apple has left. I knew this was coming. <laughs> okay. First of all, do you need a wee moment? Are you all right? <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's all just for a moment just think about all the great times that we had with Eli Apple. And uh, I know that... <laughs> don't be sad because honestly, it's over to be happy because it happened. No, but honestly, I really like Eli Apple and I have a lot of time for him. And I was, I fully believed that what was happening with him was we kind of let him just go test the market. And it was a case of, okay, you go out there. Because all the rumours were, oh, he's looking for 12 to 15 million in there. And I think we can all maybe agree as much as I like him. Might not be worth that. And we never mm-hmm. got that again. Um, so we've said, okay, cool. Well, we can't give you that. We'd like you back. So why don't you go out there and chat to people? So he's went and done that. And I thought the plan was we probably would have signed him in the last week. Because we probably slipped him an offer before he left and said, this is what we'll do for you. And, you know, sign that at any point you want. But, yeah, sure, go and talk to people. But, you know, we, we're not going to stop you. And then, obviously, Miami have their injury. And they've come in and sniped them. Because I think I'd fully expected to see him back here this week. Uh, and it's not happened. Is that problematic? Um, possibly. Just in the case and in the sense that, like you were saying there, we have had a lot of people go out. And I know Perry, and you mentioned him, but the bigger ones for me mm-hmm. are Bates, like I mentioned, he's gone. Then uh, Von, Bell. Von Bell is gone. Apple's yeah. now gone. Trey Flowers, he's gone as well. So that's a lot of defensive players that we've let slip. Jermaine Pratt's came back, so I'd say, well, that kind of covers for, you know, that's uh, one of the main linebackers are back, so that's good. So really, for us going into next year, the biggest thing is going to be how well do guys like Dax, um, Davis Gathier, and uh, CTD, or Cam Taylor Britt, how do they perform? And all of them have been kind of drafted in the last few years, and they've been eased in. Um, and I would say that like, you know it's, the good thing is is like every single one of them is either able to play cornerback or safety. So we have a lot of. Mm-hmm. A lot of room to move things around, and as we all know, the mad chemist Lou likes to do that with his defenses. The downside is we've lost some of our key players that did well in those positions over the last few years. So, you know, it remains to be seen. But I mean, I, I have faith in Lou making something work out of all of this. You mentioned Lou, Lou Anarumo. He is your defensive coordinator. Is that maybe one of your biggest um, positives from the the off season that you've managed to keep? Lou, uh, with the club, uh, with the team. I think one thing that about the Bengals that people admired about them last year was just how switched on, how clued up the defence was and how they adapted to different teams. They never, ever made it easy for anyone. They they would uh, catch on to all the different tricks and traits of each of the teams and they had an answer for it most of the time. You think that's a, a big plus keeping him this off season? Has he been linked elsewhere? Um, no, definitely. I think that's probably. I was going to get to and uh, just to ruin it, the key players part. Lou Matt, <laughs> I'm putting down as probably the key, but he's not a player, but um, he's a coach. I put that down as the key to our success for this year. 
precisely yeah. for that reason. And, you know, based on what I was just saying a second ago with the players that we now have at cornerback and safety, they can all kind of slide around and play different formations and move up. And then even now, was it, was it Scott that we signed from LA? I'm just checking my, my list here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, players in. Like, yeah, Nick Scott. So we signed him from the Rams. He's a safety, uh, but he, he's a safety that can play a bit higher like as well. He can kind of come in and push up and basically almost be kind of run defence sometimes as well. And that's something that we did a lot with Jesse Bates and Von Bell too. And it's something that we were kind of, you know, teaching Dax or whatever as well last year. So it's yeah. we have those players now that we can slide around. And yeah, we might show them as safeties, but we can then move them up to be almost like extra rushers or like extra run defence out wide. So I, yeah, I think looping back, that's going to be like instrumental for us and in actually kind of getting somewhere this season because... Uh, well, those young guys like go, you know, are they going to be able to perform? Hopefully. Yeah. I guess Cheeto's back they, as well, actually. I keep forgetting about him because he was injured for so long last season, but we, we have our CB1 back. So <laughs> that's an improvement on Apple. Well, good thing you seem to have covered that. What my next question was be with, um, would you feel that the team needs to improve? I think it's just maintaining that level of excellence that they had, especially in the, the, the defense last season. Um, if they can keep that going with such a, a high turnover, that'll be interesting to see. Um, what about the schedule then? Any any big games that you're really looking forward yeah. to in the forthcoming season? Yeah, yeah, I've got like uh, biggest games I have coming up. Um, Brian, you'll love this. The first game of the season. We love losing the first game of the season. We're like Kilmarnock in the SPL. It's like, <laughs> of, we always lose the first game. And we're playing Celtic this year first, so you're welcome, Keith. Um, Brian, <laughs> we love beating Burrow. Um, no, but anyway, yeah, Browns. I think the first game coming out the gate uh, hot that would be good if we can manage that for once instead of this like slow burn. Because I think even last year, where did we go? Was it two, two and two, or two and three to start the year? And then we went on like rip and run down the stretch kind of thing. Like, and we ended up we finished the year. Oh no, so yeah, it'd be two and two, and then we finished the year twelve and four. Um, obviously we missed one game. Uh, but then the other game, second game is the Ravens. So Browns, Ravens, and then those are obviously key division wise. And then the end of the season, we play the Browns again. Last game of the season, <laughs> and the week before that, I think the really probably the biggest one, Kansas City Chiefs, as well. So and we're at Kansas City. So I think that one in theory could be a who is going to win the AFC. Just to put it. Well, I think we've all been enjoying quarterback this um, off-season on Netflix. Um, that's the one I'm be looking forward to, to most of all, um, to see if it'll be the, the return of uh, of Burrowhead. Um, return of Orlando there. Brown to Kansas City, and I, and I haven't even mentioned him. He was uh, probably the biggest literal mm. like, in size and uh, yeah. potential kind of you know incoming player to the, the Bengals this year was uh, Orlando Brown like, from the Chiefs. Okay. So maybe we now have a left tackle. <laughs> Superb, superb. Right, um, who is going to crush it then for the Bengals this season? I said Lou, but I'm going to not go with that then. I'm going to (laughs) say who's going to crush it. Big name player, but um, we haven't really been talking about him that much and everybody thinks he's on the wane. I think Joe Mixon is going to crush it this Mm -hmm. year, purely because the O-line's better and Orlando Brown is really good in that kind of rolling mall run game type situation so I think we're with the guys that we've got up front there now we've got a few maulers so I think we're going to have more of a rushing game and we won't be as reliant on the pass every single play 
Listen, Joe Mixon will crush it for one game. Whoever has him on their fantasy team will get 80 points. And then people will need to start him every other week. He'll get five. Only to be broken hearted. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I had him last year. What a weekend. What a weekend. <laughs> Keith wouldn't change a thing. Uh, I traded him like a week or two later. <laughs> I thought he'd get injured and. The man Jay Perrin was coming in to finish the, the season. Oh, I don't know, I'll get rid of him. Man. Um, I told you not to. <laughs> made an absolute arse of that one. Big time, big time. Yeah. Right, record, thank record you. Record wise, actually, just before we go there, because you, you asked that for the Ravens, uh, I have yes. us 13 4 and um, division. We'll get them at the end. We'll get them at the end. By oh. oh, you're jumping the gun here. Jump the gun. Sneak previous. You get time to change that. Easy. I'll give the other ones then. I know. Good man. Good man. Uh, what we'll do then is just now. Thanks very much for that, Stuart. We're going to Brian now, uh, the big dog himself. Um, how are the are the Cleveland Cleveland Browns going to do? Um, this this forthcoming season was there any major? Um... Uh, we had some moves. We had some moves. Players, players, and uh, and coaching staff actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go coaches. Send coaches. To be really honest, is probably the bigger of the pair. Um, big ones we get. Thanks, Smudger. Uh, Zadarius Smith joining us. Which you're welcome. You know, yeah, yeah. It feels a bit of a bit of a brass neck to be happy about signing an edge when you've got Miles Garrett already on the team. Um, but having somebody <laughs> like on the other side for him is is huge, uh, and it helps when that person is indeed huge. Um, yep. They brought in massive, uh, massive massive as well. Um, so who's to be fair is basically just trying to replace uh, Wainovich uh, when he left us. Um, Big Tomlinson uh, came in as well, which for us is again a massive. This will lean into a wee bit of the the coaching changes. We were hideous against the run last year. Um, we were one of the worst teams in the league uh, against the run. So bringing in Tomlinson is, is massive. And we'll, we'll, he has regressed slightly last number of years as a run stopper, but mm-hmm. we, I think our plan will be to try and bring him in to, to work on that with us. And then on the other side of the ball, um, Elijah Moore, straight out of New York, um, or straight out of New Jersey. Um, are we going to get the best out of him? He's in a decent position that he doesn't need to be the wide receiver one. You know what I mean? Cooper's get that job nailed down um, in Cleveland. So he's going to be fighting for the wide receiver two role with, with DPG, who did acquit himself really, really well last year. I feel like we got bad for DPG, actually. I think he did more than enough last season to kind of to earn that role in the roster. But we'll, we'll wait mm-hmm. and see. It's not a bad, not a bad problem to have. But then a big one, uh, Jim Schwartz uh, replacing the, the wonder who was Joe Woods. Um, is defensive coordinator. That's that's the big, big move for us in the off-season. Um, you know, I mean, we were an absolute tire fire. Considering the personnel that we've got in defence, there's no really any excuses for the Browns to be as poor as we were. And it's not even anybody who watched much of the Browns who can attest to it. It wasn't even that, oh, you just got unlucky and, you know, Joe Burrow carved you up. You know, no, no, no. You just left massive holes and blown coverages all over the field, and anybody could have caught passes. And like you'd nobody trying to help support run stopping. So Jim Schwartz has come in, but he's you know from where what the Titans and Bills and the Eagles before us. Every time he's been with a team, he's built a top ten defense. Mm-hmm. So 
hopefully, hopefully, we've got a defense that can actually that can actually be functional this year. If we've got functional, I'll be happy. Um, Boba Ventron came in as well, actually, as a special teams coordinator, which is nice. Special teams for us, Cade York needs a bit of help, but Cade York's shiny fresh new. He was just finished his rookie year last year, and he, he was fine. If anything, his leg's too big. He kicks it too hard, and it goes slightly <laughs> stupid uh, when you watch him. So he maybe just needs a bit, a bit of support. But, uh, yeah, that was another one. Um, this, obviously, is, this is Kevin Stefanski's third season going into it now. You, you're starting to see uh, his trademark um, thumbprint being applied to the, the full organisation now. You're starting to see an identity to the team. Uh, someone, of course, Craig will be well familiar with. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, the the problems that we've had when you've kids, yeah, it's his third year with us, and it's his third starting quarterback. If you are looking to that, you know, we had a year with Baker that was up and down. You know, Baker had the injuries, and that was a huge thing. Then, obviously, last year, theoretically, we had Watson, but we had Jacoby Brissett for. Most of the year, to be fair, Jacoby should have been allowed to finish the year out, but that's a whole other chat for a whole other squad. Um, and now, is, and I'll come more on to this later when we talk about you know, what we're looking for for the year ahead, we've got Watson's first proper year, as I'm looking at it, with the Browns. You know, I mean, last year, he didn't get any off-season. He missed the first big chunk of the season. Um, as much as he was allowed in the facility and all the rest of it, he was rusty as all hell. And the question's yeah. going to be, was he rusty or is he just really, really regressed as a player? So I feel a bit, I, I do feel a bit bad actually because if we have a poor year, we are, the heads are rolling. Like we are too all in, we are too committed to, to the playing side of this squad to mm-hmm. be tolerating any missteps on the coaching side. So and again, whole big kind of end of year projections and all the rest that come later, but if it's not very positive in Cleveland, there's going to be big changes next year. Um, how who do you think Deshaun's going to do? Um, as an interesting season, as you said, first pre season, but he's actually got a chance to, to train and really learn the the game of his wide receivers and tight ends. How do you think he's how do you think he's going to do that season? Because for all we all know how we, we feel about Deshaun Watson, and it is going to be in a way interesting to see. How he performs, and as you said, that the 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 team have, have committed to him, fully guaranteed, committed yep. to him, which absolutely wildly at the time, and really set everybody back a bit in the the rest of the league. But it'll be interesting to see just how he gets on. Who do you think will, his main weapons will be again uh, as well this season? The, the, the big weapon's going to be Cooper. Cooper's going to be the big beneficiary of having. Um, well, should be the big beneficiary of having Watson. I mean, putting mm-hmm. all of the the, the the personal stuff with Watson aside, and I know it's hard when there's the story that there is there. Um, he's a talented player. He showed in his time in Houston. I mean, the Browns haven't... Uh, and Stu can fact-check me while I talk. I don't think the Browns have ever had a 5,000-yard quarterback. Ever. Um, I, I, I don't... Yeah, I can see the cogs <laughs> turning in Stu's head there. Uh, I can watch him play. You can, Stu can double-check while I talk. Yeah. But... Watson is that caliber. He is that caliber player. If Watson comes back and he plays, not even necessarily that level, if he plays it close 
to that level, you really need to say that everything's going to start to tick for the Browns. The, um, I, you know, I mean, uh, Cooper's going to be looking at big, big pluses. DPJ slash Moore, whichever one of them wins out for that wide receiver two roll, is going to see big. And then the big one that's going to win for it, hang on, still, can't we? The big one that's going to win it is going to be Chubb because Chubb did amazing last year, even though everybody knew we had to run the ball constantly. Go for it, Stuart. Okay, so the Browns, um, your record quarterback, like yards, passing yards in the season was Brian Sight with 4,132. Yeah. So we've never had anybody vaguely up there. Um, I don't know, that's like, Jesus, that must have been a while ago, actually. I'm trying to think when he played. Yeah, uh, to be anyway. fair, there's only nine, there's only nine players that have ever uh, had 5,000 passing yards in a um, season. Um, yeah, maybe keep, keep that for a, a dance top nine. Keep that for, we'll keep that for a, 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 a <laughs> dance uh, top ten. It's it's, our whole year's around Watson this year. That That is what the whole year revolves around. If he plays to, to the level that he's shown in the past he can play, uh, I, I really think the sky's the limit for the Browns. I think the Browns, both sides of the ball, is stacked. But it's just not played anywhere near its potential. Uh, you know, last year was a tie. Yeah, one over 4,000. Aye. Maybe 4,000. I think I know five. But anyway, I can dream. <laughs> um, for the, the Browns, what about the, the draft? Who did you draft? Who was the main... Uh, our, 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 our draft was dull. Um, we, we traded the farm for Watson. Um, we got Tillman, we got Cedric Tillman, uh, wide receiver, came in, and that was our first <laughs> pick. Uh, it was the third round. Um, so he looks good on paper. My, my concern, if you want to call it that, is that I don't think he's going to get a lot of time in the field. Uh, I think he's going to really, really struggle um, to get himself on the field in anything other than Hail Mary situations. He's yeah. in a lovely um, highlight reel catch, actually, today that's been doing the rounds on Brown's Twitter which is well worth trying to get your hands on if you've not seen it yet. It's a great big diving effort, um, which looks fantastic when you're playing no-contact drugs. Um, then we brought in, the, to be fair, the, our fourth-round pick, Siaki Ika, um, who, when I say big pick, I really mean it. The guy's six foot, and weighs nearly 360 pounds. Um, but he's a massive defensive tackle, who I think his job is fairly, fairly simple. Stand in the middle and don't let people run past. <laughs> um, which, as I say, our run defence last year was that bad. That's obviously what he's been brought in for. Uh, going beyond that, we didn't have any sneaky ones um, in the later rounds. They were all depth. They were all ones that the, the, the analyst kind of side of my head likes because it's very sensible. They make sense. Yes, we're going to back up all of these positions. Um one worth note, we brought in a guy in Whipler um, in the seventh round uh, as a centre, right. which is interesting because we ran through something like four centres last year. So I'm all about having more of them on the roster. Take <laughs> <laughs> the last Excellent. I was Excellent. waiting for a um, finally, then, finally then for the, the ground who is going to absolutely crush it for your guys. Oh, right, I've got, I've got two. I went for one either side of the ball. Right, so, and I, I won't talk about the offensive one because it's dull and we know what it's going to be. It's got to be Watson. If Watson doesn't step up, the whole offensive year is just bent. <laughs> it's just stuffed. If he doesn't play to the level that he's shown in the past, we are stuffed. Uh, other side of the ball, um, Walker Jr., uh, middle linebacker. Big, big one. As I say, our big issue last year was defensive play calling and getting where people were meant to be communicated out to the guys. The Walker missed like 14 games, I think it was, last year. Um, we are a ruptured quad. 
He's mm-hmm. back. We've re-signed him. He's got a contract, but he's got a, a two-year deal, I think it is. Um, and he really is our, he's our captain in defence, or one of our captains, and we really need him to communicate what Schwartz is needing the defence to do when they're playing against other offences to try and just avoid the silly mistakes so that we can be a bit just solid in defence, I think is all we need this year. Fantastic, fantastic. And I'm not uh, going to say what the like... record's going to be. No, no, we'll get to that. Anything else that you guys would like to eke out of Brian for the the Browns for the forthcoming season? I was just going to say, cut touch on the Watson. I think it was going to be interesting. Okay, we played, what, six games last season? Was it? Something like that? I think so. Since he's really played, played, the league has already changed how the defence sets up. Like, you know know how how, um, Mahomes had to change his style, all the chatter in that um, a few seasons ago. It'll be interesting to see has he has he has he changed? Has he just is he well, to that? You know, I think that's I think as you say, touched on it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting story as you it's say. The, it is the terrible thing with the with the team. It is all or nothing. If Watson doesn't work, we are so committed to him for so long. Like it's, it's just a few dead a bit of dead money there, you know. Thing. I mean I mean, Brian, like, uh, just one of the things uh, I will say that I like about the Browns that's a positive is that you committed to the the analytical kind of approach to building teams. Yeah. Like that. Like you're very, you have, like, I forget how many guys are in it or how many people are in it, but, like, it's, you have one of the biggest analytics groups in the league, uh, and that informs a lot of decisions. So I could see that with the Elijah Moore trade and things like that because like, there's a lot of potential there and how much of it was him Failing was to do with quarterbacks or him being in maybe another team that weren't so good at picking players in the first place. Do But what I was going to ask you is, do you think that this season, because the whole analytics thing you've been trying, if it doesn't work out this year, do we worry that the ownership might look at this as a sea change and say, now nah, we're going back to the old style of how you pick football players and how you trade for guys and... We're going with the eye test again rather than like the numbers say go for these guys. Yeah, I, I don't think, I think the analytics is here to stay. I don't think that's necessarily a Browns thing. I think that's a league thing. I think it's just going to be more and more teams. Um, but I think that in terms of if we don't have success this year, we are going to see wholesale changes through the, the I basically think every coach in the team's been. Yeah. If, if we don't make a good run at the end of the year, but we'll wait and see. Fantastic, fantastic. Thanks very much, Brian. Moving on now then to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, just like Mike Tomlin, we're going to always end in a positive with uh, with Craig. Craig, anything significant happening with the Steelers then the off-season? Yeah, it's been, been a pretty interesting off-season for the, the Steelers. Been kind of doing doing a wee bit of background research, trying to Get, get a feel for what's been happening. Is is it going to be a, a terrible toll success story or is it just going to be a terrible season? Um, to be honest, looking through all the kind of Steelers like chats and everything else, the, the biggest question mark really it's it's a quarterback. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's Pickett. Can he can he step up as a starter this season? Um, you know, began last season as as backup to Mitch Trubisky, um, and he's now. You know, taking over, having had that little stretch at the end of last season where showed some flashes of what he could potentially do. Um, let you know, led the team to a couple of kind of notable comebacks, um, mm-hmm. a couple of game, you know, a few game-winning drives. But 
even, and I hate to drop this in with uh, with Brian present, I know that they beat the Browns at the end of the season and everyone was happy about it, but Pickett's stats were pretty terrible, like really below average, you know, like his, his completion percentage below 50%. Um, it's it's not particularly good. It was it was basically a poor defense they were playing against. Um, you know, kind of post Joe Woods era <laughs> battle Cleveland defense. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, the biggest question about is definitely quarterback, um, and then what they do to build around that. Um, they have drafted, um, I'd, I'd say like a good a good spread, good value picks, and and they've probably like Steelers fans will be I think cautiously optimistic on what their defense can do this year mm-hmm. um certainly like when you look at the picks that they've brought in um broderick jones uh, um the offensive tackle joey porter jr a cornerback he's he's agreed a four-year rookie deal he some of the, the videos that i've been looking at uh practice so far he's he's looked really good um and, and when you when you look at the the kind of the pieces that they're trying to put together um i think if pickett and pickens can get really good chemistry together um that's going to be key um like last season he at qb was a wee bit kind of cautious about you kind of like just like check down charlie not really wanting to chuck the ball deep um i think if he can build a really good rapport there um and basically have um pick it you know as that you know talented deep option then yeah hopefully the steelers can can build something offensively there but certainly the the defensive pieces they've got um the pressure is really going well and i think the defensive coordinator Terry austin to to do something with with all of these pieces that he's brought um together draft wise um yeah mike Tomlin's just he's such a such a steady mainstay um that that consistency there um and it's, it's whether they can try and improve on what's been a couple of seasons of 0.5 mediocrity really um so yeah there wasn't really a, like other, other coaching changes they, they retired and then unretired matt canada he's back for one more season <laughs> as offensive coordinator um but yeah i mean looking at um yeah looking down at who, who they've picked i think um a couple of ones that are interesting um their seventh rounder cody trice um quarterback as well mm-hmm. um as joey porter jr could could be an absolute steal as a kind of late round pick um so yeah i think i think defensively the, the, they've got some kind of standouts there that um so they can hopefully hopefully build on but yeah for me the key question is is definitely all around pick up what what can he do um is is he going to get the chance to to really make the difference or is it going to end up getting passed down to um either 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 old trubisky or brian's favorite helmet swinger mason rudolph i don't know <laughs> no, no, hey, hey. he's not a helmet swinger he's a helmet catcher <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry helmet catcher helmet receiver yeah um, <laughs> um so. look at the 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 Steelers for the, the forthcoming season, where do you see them being most effective uh, in the offence? Is it going to be the running game? Uh, Najee Harris going to tap up again? Or do you think, think so. Pickett, Pickett and Pickens can really really do something there? I, I think on, on, on the running side of things, I don't know. I, I do wonder, is there anything they could potentially do to bring in some backup at, at, at running back as well before the season kicks off? Um yeah, they're going to have to lean on the running game a bit because Pickett's going to make Pickett's is going to make mistakes. Um, there's no mm-hmm. doubt that he's still learning. He is improving, but um, 
yeah, I think I think they're going to have to try and mix things up a bit, and that's where it is going to come down to coaching to help with that um, and give them some give them some other options. One thing it's worth saying with the the Steelers run game is Harris was like knocked up badly last year for huge mm-hmm. amounts of the season. Like he didn't yeah, he miss a lot of games. Yeah. But he, he was, was like, like a lot. yeah, carrying a lot of injuries. No, that's that's a really fair comment. Um, if he could if he could stay healthy, then yeah, that, that could be a massive difference, Baker. And, and we could we could see a totally different player. Um, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Smudger, um, have I know you mentioned Broderick Jones earlier on with defensive tackle they drafted, but have they done anything else with that offensive line? Because that to me, was also one of the big issues with Harris and... Yeah. No, trying to do rushing and passing last year, like, the offensive line was a sieve. Yeah. No, um, other offensive pieces in terms of any kind of protection, um, Spencer Anderson they picked up as a draft pick late on. Um, we've got offensive linebacker Nick Herbig, actually. He was picked in the sixth. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so there are there are some, yeah. yeah there's some I think... I think the the biggest thing then that you'll be looking at would be maybe the the help that they get from the tight ends. Um, They seem to like a a big, tall tight end. One player that's interesting me, I I quite enjoy, I'm quite looking forward to seeing this forthcoming season is Washington that they picked um, this year. Uh, 6'7", coming out of Georgia. But They've also got Zach Gentry there, who's six yeah. eight. Pat Fryermouth, who's six five as well. See, um, it's ridiculous the, the, the size right, of these so guys. So I'm almost saying here is that the Steelers intend to win just by having these guys effectively block out the sun. Yeah, but <laughs> Washington, I would say, and uh, please don't come looking for me, Darnell Washington. But I wasn't completely sold. I know, I know everybody talked about how, like, oh look at look at this monster. Yeah, he had a nice combine, combine, didn't he? Sort of. Yeah, like yeah. the combine. Yeah. Like, everything he was doing at the combine, like, you know, for there was that one where it was the, yeah, you have to go up and you tip the blocking machine or whatever, and you, you're meant to kind of move it in a certain way. He literally just ran up to it and grabbed it and then hauled it forward. So he wasn't actually doing the exercise the way you're meant to do it. So I'm watching it going like, this guy's got no technique. So mm-hmm. he's kind of, yeah, he's a monster, but the problem is, is guys, you might be able to get away with no technique just by being big. In college, you see when you hit the NFL, yeah. guys know what to do. Like the, the reason they're yeah. in the NFL and the reason they're starters is they are the best at their technique, or they're in that top point zero zero one percent. So for Darnell Washington, I'm not seeing him being a you know having a big impact this year, and also just because traditionally tight ends take a little bit longer to adapt. Like we normally don't see them doing that well for the three, three years. So yeah, I don't know. Like I know he's a big boy, but. I could see him being a bust. So, sorry, Daniel. Prove me wrong. I said you just try to talk him down so you can get him in the uh, in the draft. Ah, in the draft. Into the end of the second round. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Daniel is crap. Watch me take fourteen. <laughs> right, guys. I'm going to run through quickly. Stu, you alluded to it earlier on. I'm looking for your um, predictions for the final standings and the, the division from you guys. So I'm going to start with Liam. Uh, come to you for the, the Ravens. How do you, you think they will do this season? Uh, what will their final um, scores be? Um, win, loss, maybe even a couple of draws. What do you think the Ravens will go for this season? I think, I think as I touched on earlier, I think they're going to be... I think they're at the 
Um, I got ten wins last season. I've I've got them kind of pegged for 11, 11 and six this year. I think. Um, I think, and then into the, into the playoffs. Fantastic. Um, what do you think? The in fact, I'll come to Brian first of all for the. Sorry, Stu, I'm come to you next for your um, predictions for the Bengals. I think thirteen and four. Um, I, I have them winning the division, and I had them pushing for the AFC Championship. But mm-hmm. I think what happens is we lose that second last game to the Chiefs, and then we're going to rest everybody up so the Browns will get a win at the end of the year. I'm not saying you're not going to get any more wins. I just mean you're going to get an extra. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, watching the boys then, Brian? How are they going to get on? Ten and seven. Ten and seven, second in the division. Okay, so it's a winning season. That's it's a start. Something certainly yeah. build on. Uh, what about the Steelers, Craig? I think it could be a tough slog. 49ers mm. in week one. Then they've got the Browns mm. in week two. They could, if they start 0-2, it could be, could be tough for them. I, I think it's going to be another kind of point five. I know you can't get point five anymore, but yeah, I, I was quite coin toss yeah, between 8-9, 9-8. Eight, nine, nine and eight. <laughs> I'm going to go... 8-8 eight, eight in a draw? <laughs> yeah, that's eight eight purely... <laughs> yeah, eight okay, eight okay, eight you know what? Why not? Why not? 8-8 eight, eight one. Go on. <laughs> I was, was going to say just because Tomlin's never fallen below a point five record, that's still <laughs> kinda. Bad that. Yeah. Listen, okay. hey, he'll take that. that. Okay. He'll take that after that. Keith, did you yes, see? Um, I was just going to say, did you see? Uh, I don't know if the rest of you lads did as well. Um, I think I don't. Know if, I think it was ESPN. It was a, a prediction? Somebody did look like an, a a league wide prediction on the records for every single team. And mm-hmm. their record for the FC North had every single team over 500. The Steelers yeah. were 98. Admittedly, yeah. the Browns were 10 and 7 and missed the playoffs. Which I know. Extra hilarious because I'm kind of like. I mean, the most Browns thing possible. It would be nothing, <laughs> but I, I, I somehow doubt that the FC, every team goes above 500 this year. Um, Three of them might it be. Looks, <laughs> looks, looks like one of the, the toughest divisions that, uh, that's going to be there. One of the tightest, certainly. Um, who are we taking for first in the division then? Who's going to who's going to win it? Are we happy with the Bengals then? Bengals. Bengals, yeah. Bengals, as well, Bengals yeah. 100%. That's us costing. Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone, what about second? Ravens. I've got it as a coin flip. Yeah, I've got Ravens yeah, as well. It's, I've got Ravens yeah, as well. Okay, so that's Ravens, Brian. Sorry, we, we overflow you. Uh, I've, I've got Ravens and Browns both finishing 10 and 7. <laughs> well, the coin, co- uh, the coin toss went in the Ravens' favour. Third, are we going for the Browns then? Browns. Yep. Yep. All right. Browns. It's just like, and, apart from Brian being a Steelers propping up the division then. Uh, gentlemen, thanks very much for this. This is a, it's been great. I fantastic start to the series uh, where we're going to be looking at all the, the different divisions um, I think it was pretty comprehensive as well hopefully you've um, managed to take some information about for that and maybe help you with your fantasy teams uh, that will be getting drafted in the next couple of weeks and whet the appetite for the forthcoming season um, we will be back, we are going to be doing the preview of the NFC North next Uh, but just now we're going to take a wee break but thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you soon